It's not about what you want. It's about solving a problem or filling a void. You might love lemon pound cakes. I love lemon pound cakes, so I'm going to go into business making lemon pound cakes. It's not about what you like, right? That's right. It's about who 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 else wants lemon pound? Is there anybody else who wants lemon pound cake besides you? All right. So I, I need right. folks to do that, do that research to make sure that you're solving a problem. There, you know, is is there a shortage of lemon pound cakes? Right. Um, you ought yeah. to be solving a problem. The bigger the That's problem, right. the better the business. Right. So there That's are right. so many people out here who are just doing things just 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 to be doing things, you know, just just right. because you like it. Uh, just because you like it doesn't mean that there's going to be enough people that also like it to allow you to have a sustainable business. So do your That's research, true. do the market research, right? Identify your target audience and make sure that that target audience is large enough for you to have a sustainable business. Um, so I, I, mm. I would say uh, avoid that, you know, avoid that obstacle of, uh, of not doing your research. If you're starting a business, uh, uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah, discover my gift. Yeah, yeah, discover my gift. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. I'm excited and honored to have today's guest on the show, Mr. Jim Peterson. He's an entrepreneur. He's a leader. He's a um, speaker. He's he's um, a professional, and he's got so much wealth of knowledge. He's been an entrepreneur since he was 12 years old, and we're going to dive in into his story uh, deeply. So, Mr. Peterson, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hey, David. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this whole show, the premise of the show is to help people to discover those gifts that God has given them and to develop those gifts and then eventually distribute those gifts to impact the world and also make a monetary impact on the lives of those with those gifts. So uh, it's in intriguing to me that you started entrepreneurship at 12. So can you just take us through your journey as a as a leader, as an entrepreneur? How did this start? And um yeah, let's start. Let's start with your journey. Yeah, so so the the whole uh, twelve year old story uh, started actually from a comic book, right? So I, I was one of those kids that collected comic books, and and uh, and one day in the back of my Superman, I, I remember I may even still have it. I have several of those. Uh, I uh, it was in the back of a Superman comic book. Uh, there was this ad that said, "Be in business for yourself." Right. And that always heard all these stories about uh, my grandfather being in business. Uh, he owned several businesses down in South Philadelphia. So I wanted to be in business for myself. Right. So what this was, was a permanent Social Security card. And now you're a young man. You might not even remember this. 
But back in the day, we used to always carry our paper social security cards with us. Of course, I was 12 years old. I wasn't carrying anything at the time. But adults at the time carried paper social security cards. And over time, putting it in and out of your wallet and not in and out of your pocket, you know, they get torn up. And you got to go get another one. Uh, so what this was, this ad was saying that we will create for you a permanent social security card. So they would stamp it out of metal. It was an aluminum social security card. So you would, you know, you would have it forever almost. Uh, so what I did was I made copies. All right. I took it to school, asked the teacher to help me on, on the mimeograph because I went to a Catholic school. Right. We, we, we were, we were, it was already you know, a long time ago. But we were behind everybody else because we didn't have the school didn't have a lot of money. So it was actually a mimeograph that mm. I would make these applications. And I went door to door. Right now, I went to Catholic school. So I had my shirt and tie on. Yeah. Uh, and I would go door to door and sell these Social Security cards. So what that meant was I had to ask people to give me their Social Security card. Can you imagine that today, knocking on somebody's door and asking, them, oh, can I have your social security card? <laughs> right, oh you want to hold it for a minute, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, th these folks wanted to help me, folks in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I guess, first of all, they wanted a permanent social security card because it was, at the time, you know, it was a nice thing to have. Uh, but they, again, they handed me their social security cards. So I, I would come home with a stack of social security cards, right? Incomplete because nobody wanted to actually fill out the application. That's one thing I remember. Nobody was like, I don't have time. You fill it out, right? So they would right. give me their social security card. I would fill out all these applications, put it in an envelope, and mail this thing away. And then their their card would come back, and I'd take it back to their house and, and deliver the social security card, and they would pay me, right? So that's wow. crazy to think about today that you would actually ask somebody to hand you their social security card so you can go, you know, fill out this application for them. But yeah, that was my first business. Look at that. I, I've been coming up with ideas to make money ever since. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, and so, I mean, you had to be making more money than all the 12 year olds that you knew. I'm sure. <laughs> it like, was enough to, you know, buy the snacks that I needed and a pair of sneakers every day. Amazing. Amazing. So you said yeah. it was your grandfather you saw that had, multiple businesses himself yeah actually actually it's my great grandfather it was great my father's grandfather who had wow. a furniture store he had a restaurant called the cozy corner he had several apartment buildings uh down in south philadelphia wow so it's like a generational blessing so yeah so <laughs> and, I, I grew up hearing all these stories uh about colonel we called him colonel yeah. wow that's amazing so so when you think about it, Mr. Peterson, what is your most dominant gift? Hmm. I, I guess educating, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and not not in a typical way. Just in just in just in you know, just doing things and, and being an example, right? Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I would say that's teaching, but teaching by an example. Because mm. uh, I think that's the best way. Mm. Go out and show them how to do it, and 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 then share those best practices. Right. Uh, so I'm known as a business coach right now, uh, but I always tell people that I'm working with that the reason why I'm such a good coach is because I made all the mistakes. Wow. Right? I made them all. <laughs> I was kind of hard headed growing up, and uh, 
you know, even though there are many people in my life who, who gave me the way or, or tried to show me the way or, or, or gave me answers, you know, I had to find out for myself. You know, right. I'm a doer. So, um, you know, I made I made a lot of mistakes. But now, you know, I can share those experiences with, with folks who are trying to do some of the things that I'm trying to do and other things because, you know, the, the basics are the basics. There are certain right. things you do and certain things you don't do. Right. Mm. And um, and and if somebody can guide you to avoid those obstacles, it's going to be so much easier for, for you to make it. Wow. That's respect. I respect that. So this this education spirit, you said, came from, you know, making your bumping your own head, making some mistakes and wanting to help other people not to avoid those. What about earlier as a youth? Did you know that education was something that you uh, love to provide and give to others. Did you see seeds of that as a youth? Uh, not, not so much, not so much. Mm. Um, but, but it was stressed in my household, right? Education, mm. uh, was stressed, uh, in our house. Uh, we saw that as, as, you know, my parents instilled in us, my sister and I was just us two instilled in us that that was our pathway. Right. Although we were very athletic, uh, my sister is, is fast as lightning and uh, and played all kinds of sports. And I always wanted to be like her. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I learned to be pretty athletic. You know, I wasn't born mm. athletic, you know? wow. but I learned to be pretty good at a few sports. And, uh, you know, so while we were we were pretty athletic, um, you know, we, we saw our pathway as being uh, education. So, so we both wanted to make sure that we, we had as much knowledge as possible. Still learning. You know, my sister is still, still learning at, at our age. Uh, we're still learning, uh, constantly taking classes. I'm teaching all kinds of classes now while also taking other classes and, and constantly trying to learn as much as I can. Love it. Respect it. So take us from <clears throat> this 12-year-old creative entrepreneur to today, you know, uh, a, a, a wealth-minded person, a, a real estate investor, someone who's had a series of types of businesses, take us to that journey. Like, what was his entrepreneurial path? And you know, you know, just for listeners hearing this and seeing, that, hey, I want, I might want to go down this path of entrepreneurship, or I, I want to tap into this gift, and I, maybe I want to eventually educate people too. Yeah. So, so again, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, it, it, I have too many businesses that I've started um, to, to, to name really. Mm. Uh, and obviously they didn't all work out. Right. Again, I said, I made a lot of mistakes. Right. But um, you know, I, I, I'll fast forward a little bit to high school and um, about to come out of high school in 11th grade. And, um, and, and my mother who was working at a, at a company up in, in Northeast Philadelphia, uh, told me to go up to uh, Sears and Roebuck, uh, the Sears building on the Roosevelt Boulevard. Right? She said that she said the guys, because she was in a union shop at, the, at this manufacturing plant. She said the guys are picketing Sears. Right? So go up there and see if they need something. So I would go up there, you know, in the summertime, I would go up there and, and every day and just see if they need something. They send me to the store for cigarettes and coffee and soda and, and to get lunch and stuff like that. Right. So, again, I'm, I'm sowing those seeds. This is something else that, that you know, my mom taught me. Sowing those seeds. Uh, and then the following summer, they give me a job. Right. Mm. That job where she worked, gave me a job in the shop with all those guys. I went to go 
uh, run to the store for. Right. right. So, so these, these, these are, these are grown men. I'm, I'm a kid, right. Just mm. out of high school. Uh, so, so I'm working with them and, and I'm doing whatever, whatever needs to be done. Right. Around the, around the warehouse, I'm cleaning toilets, I'm sweeping floors, I'm, you know, uh, I'm cleaning the parking lot, you know, whatever needs to be done initially. And then eventually, you know, I, I was able to join one of the machines, right. We, they had all kinds of machines in there. I was able to, uh, you know, actually, get a get a real job on on a machine and nice. um and that was in uh so that's 1985 mm. by 93 i was a plant manager i was the night shift plant manager right supervising some of those guys that were sending me to the store to get they get cigarettes and soda right um by by 97 i'm in the engineering part of the company uh, having gone to Penn State that they paid for the company. Wow. And 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 I'm in R&D engineering. Um, so I, I've kind of gone about as far as I can go in that company. So um, so I was looking for something new. Mm. Uh, and the only thing that I would even be remotely interested in at that company w- was sales, because I would talk yeah. to the sales guys all the time. I'm in R&D where where the products actually get created. So I would right. get phone calls from the salesman from time to time and say, hey, Jim, you know, I need to know if this product can do this and I can do that. Right? And all I was interested in was, was, hey, where y'all at? Right. Where yeah. are you? Um, where are you going for lunch? What's the weather like? Because they were traveling all over the place. And I'm like, man, that seems sweet. I'm stuck in a lab all day. Right. right? I'm stuck in the engineering R&D lab. And all I wanted to do was get out. Mm. And get out and meet people and and find new things and and uh and, and live life right outside of that lab and that's what they were doing so so i decided mm-hmm. i wanted i wanted to get into sales and um mm. you know i had i had some very serious conversations with with the company right uh all out of respect right very respectful um uh and but they made it very clear uh you know i had had a long conversation with the president who was always very 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 cool with me. We're friends to today, uh, Mr. Max Kraus, uh, the president at the time. And he said, Jim, you're, you're not going to be a salesman for this company, right? It, it just made it very clear, which I respected. I didn't like it, but I respected it. He, he said, you know, he told, told me like it was. He said, look, yeah. you're not going to be a salesperson. So, so then I decided that, you know, it was time for me to go. Um, I had another friend that worked at the same company, he was now working for a, uh, a a company that was installing epoxy flooring. Hmm. Um, and so I reached out to him and he said that the, the, the owner had put a little ad in a paper called The Leader. Uh, if you're familiar with the, the Leader newspaper. Oh, no, not The Leader. The um wasn't The Leader. It was The Penny Saver. Oh, yes. And he put a little ad in, in The Penny Saver about needing a salesperson and, and and my friend told me hey, hey he said hey listen uh tom who was the owner is looking for a salesperson you know maybe you want to apply here uh so i i, I just i reached out to tom and um took a few days off from work and shadowed tom and, and rode around with him we were up in the hills of pennsylvania and stuff like that visiting uh what they specialized in were fire stations and car dealerships. So we're going from fire station to fire station and car dealership to car dealership. And and so we get back at the end of the day, you know, long day, we start out early, go to go to, to the furthest spot and work our way back. Right. Mm. That, that's, that's how Tom taught us how to do it. 
And uh, at the end of the day, you know, we go to McDonald's to download. And uh, he's showing me all these checks that we collected that day. And he says, listen, if you work for me, you'll get 10% of everything that you bring in. And I'm looking at all this money, right, that we collected in one day. And I said, yes, yeah, sign me up. We got a deal. Right. <laughs> now, now, you're going to understand, you know, I got a wife and two kids at home. We got a house on, on you know, Mount Airy and, and a couple cars, right? And and I just told, you know, I just made the decision, right, executive decision that, all right, I'm going to give all that up. You know, my whole, my, not, not that, but my job, my good paying job that I've been at for 15 years. Benefits, mm. vacation, you know, mm. pension and 401k, right? You can't mm. even find that anymore, right? <laughs> so you can imagine the conversation I had with my wife. I can uh, imagine. When, when I went home to tell her that uh, I was giving all that up to go work for this guy working out of his living room for straight commission. No benefits. No what vacation. did she say? I'm so curious. <laughs> I can't say what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what she said, right? <laughs> you know, so we had that, you know, we had that heart to heart, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you, you know, I'll be honestly, I'll tell you what she said. She said, she said, I trust you, is what she said. Wow. Right. I mean, after screaming and, you know, after, <laughs> after. <laughs> After the storm, right? Then, right. Uh, you know, then at the at at the end of the day, she said, "Look, I trust you." She knew I wasn't going to let her down. Right? I never let her down. I'm not going to let her down. So, I ended up leaving that job. Ended up leaving that job, working for this guy uh, with this flooring company, um, and 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 don't worry, it all worked out. It all worked out pretty good. Myself and my friend Chris. We ended up buying the company in three years. That was 97. Uh, by 2000, we bought the company from, from this guy, Tom. And uh, so we had an operation in, at the time, we had an operation in Marcus Hook. Uh, we had an operation in Claymont, Delaware. And we decided to build a manufacturing plant in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm. So um, early 2000s, we built a, a plant down here in, in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we're making tile and grout. We had a company called Star Quartz Tile and Grout. Uh, the other company was called Criterion, uh, Criterion Flooring. Uh, so they're both running. Criterion does installation. Uh, the tile and grout does manufacturing uh, and installation. Uh, everything uh, worked out pretty well. Uh, after after all that, so so I was able to you know raise my family. Had four kids um, in total. Um, everybody's good. Everybody's uh, educated, and uh, and things worked out pretty good. So so the um, the tile and manufacturing the tile and grout manufacturing company was, was sold in 2011. Uh, I had held on to Criterion. Personally, I held on the, the Criterion, uh, sold the rights to the installation side of Criterion in 2013, uh, and then kind of transitioned out of flooring and, and tried to find some other things to do. So I became a score mentor. Wow. I did some contracted sales for, for Lowe's and a couple other 
a couple other companies in the meantime. But then uh, eventually I was, uh, I became a SCORE mentor down in the Baltimore area and just helping what SCORE is, is an organization of retired executives. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we do is we help folks who are starting and growing businesses, need help with business plans. I became a business plan specialist. Wow. Which is crazy because we were running that company and, and never had a business plan, right? We, we just knew how to make money. So we, we just jumped right in, making all the money that we can, uh, realized yeah. late in the game how important business plans were. Again, making all mm. the mistakes, right? At some right. point, uh, we start decided to do some some government contracting and uh, business, needed a business plan and capability statements and things like that. Figured out what all that was. Yeah, uh, and and how important they were, and I actually became uh, pretty pretty good at teaching those things. Right after making all the mistakes, so for score, I was teaching people how to do capability statements, uh, financial projections, uh, business plan writing, and, and things like that. Uh, so so I did that for a while. So this brings yeah. us to about 2015. 2015 uh, down in Baltimore, we had an incident, uh, Freddie Gray uprising. Right, That's young right. man killed in the back of a police van um things things got got really crazy in in some of these neighborhoods uh so the mayor's office reached out to to me and said hey listen we know that you had this you know this business here you hired a lot of the folks from from some of these areas that we're having issues with we need somebody to go into these neighborhoods and start talking to people about uh first of all getting to know the business owners in the area Secondly, um, how to create their own businesses, mm. right? So I would grab these young, these young guys, those who would listen and try to teach them about business and entrepreneurship uh, and what it takes and, and managing uh, your finances and budgeting, you know, because some of them already had entrepreneurial minds, you know, they, they weren't always legal in, in the way <laughs> that they were applying it, but right. they had the mind, they had the mindset right. already. Right. And yeah. then some of them wanted to do some things, didn't know what to do or how to do it. So, you know, it was great to get in front of those folks uh, and get everybody involved, including the existing business owners. Mm. Right. Because now what you're doing is you're building equity. Right? right. Everybody needs everybody. If you're selling something to these folks, you need them. If you have something right. that they need, they need you. Everybody knows each other. You know, it's less likely that we're going to have some some foolishness. When everybody depends on everybody and there's equity within the neighborhoods. And, and, and I was very surprised at, at how, how, um, how disjointed some of these neighborhoods were. They were all right there in the same place. Right. But they, but they didn't know each other and they didn't, they didn't understand each other. I should, I should say mm -hmm. more than, more than not know each other, but they didn't understand each other. So, mm -hmm. so I, I did that for a few years with the city. Um, and, and I, and I had to become a, a, um, a non-traditional funding specialist mm. right? because many of these folks that I, that I was working with in, in these underserved communities, I couldn't walk them into a bank and say, hey, let's get a loan and start this business. So we had to find other ways of getting funding. And uh, one of those ways were uh, pitch competitions. Mm. So we would do pitch competitions for, for a little bit of money, sometimes, you know, my money, uh, a lot of times in the beginning, my money <laughs> mm. uh, or whoever would donate some funds or, or some product. You know, uh, we do it at restaurants, uh, did some in, in Mondaman Mall up the, in, uh, and down here in, uh, in Baltimore. We have a mall called Mondaman Mall, a uh, very popular mall. And uh, 
in different areas we would do pitch competition because that you know now they, these these folks have a business plan they have capability statement they have projections so they know how to get started now they need a little bit of money right, right? so i would do what i could to get them a little bit of money and actually get them started sometimes buying them inventory or getting somebody to to donate the inventory that they need whether it be blank t-shirts or bottles of water or or uh, an ice machine for snow cones and, and some flavoring you know uh so as the projects got bigger and bigger i needed uh more and more assistance right so i would wasn't paying for everything <laughs> and uh i reached out to mnt bank mnt bank then became my partner right so mm. the projects that i that i wanted to do they would they would sponsor and back and fund uh eventually i created a um a cohort, a, a, an accelerator program, a 10 week yeah. small business accelerator program that I called zero to 100. Mm. So in this program, we're going to teach you everything you need to know. Right? Yeah. In those 10 weeks, we're going to teach you everything you need to know to grow your business. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to have a pitch competition. Okay. Cause, right. Cause everybody needs a little money to get it started. Right. Right. So M and T funds that, and we still run that till today. Right. So today we're in Baltimore City and Baltimore County, uh, Howard County, Montgomery County, Frederick County, um, Prince George's County, and we'll have in, in the spring in the fall we'll have um, Hartford County as well. So we're in quite a few counties twice a year. Uh, we got a lot over three hundred people coming through the program already, and, uh, and 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 it just continues, right? I'm teaching. Wow. Uh, I got all the folks coming in, subject matter experts coming in and teaching. We teach you how to do business with your local government, uh, how to do business yeah. with your state, uh, all those things that all that foundational information that all all businesses need. While at the same time, giving you those connections, right? Teaching right. you the the social capital that you need and making those connections because it it it's all about connections. At That's the end right. of the day, it's all about relationships. Whether you're talking about uh, a relationship with your banker, or, yeah. or a relationship with uh, your customer, uh, relationship with your vendors, you know, it's all about relationship. Relationship with your with your council person, your senator, For right? Sure. Uh, I'm trying to teach these folks that all of that is important. Yeah, you know, we didn't realize it. again when we moved down the the, the Baltimore from Philly. We were both from Philly. My partner and I. Yeah. Not knowing anybody. Right. We, we just thought we, you know, we just come in here and, and make as much money as we can. And, and you yeah. know, everything's going to work out. But you right. you got to know some folks. Right? That's right. <laughs> because things don't always go the way you expect them to go. And uh, true. And, and every now and then you, you need somebody you get it. You, you can reach out to and say, hey, what, 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 what do you mean our block is being shut down? Because, you know, we've got some construction going on. What, what are we going to yeah. do? Right. You know, right. Things, things happen. Things happen, um, and, and you wow. need some folks. You need to reach out. You need to be able to reach out to, and uh, and so wow. so that's what that's what I do. That's kind of like my story. I, I continue to be. So the bank actually created a position for me. Mm. Uh, my title is small business ambassador. So I'm all things small business for M and T Bank, and, and I continue to educate, empower, and engage with folks in these underserved communities uh, yeah. to continue again to build. Uh, uh, folks uh, teach them about small business and entrepreneurship because it, the yeah. idea is, is building wealth for themselves 
and generational wealth for them for their families i love it wow wow what a journey uh first question i have around that um is as you and your business partner um i believe it's chris uh yes what we're we're building out things from the beginning to like with it sounds like really no structure at first right like yeah. you're just building yeah. getting money right yeah. and then to to the point because there's some hidden things that you said here that i think the listeners should should really catch to the point where you were able to sell the business so to be mm -hmm. able to make a sellable business there has to be structure and operations and systems because all that stuff needs to be clearly defined so could you talk about going from transforming and creating you know and you know how entrepreneurs can do just building any kind of business to really creating something that was sellable and for a multiple yeah, after a while sure. again you 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 find your flaws right you start hiring people and and things are getting out of hand and you realize eventually you realize hey listen we got to get some structure to this right so you put people in place if you're fortunate you can hire some folks like we were we were able to hire some folks office managers, warehouse managers, you put people in place, foremen to run the crews. Uh, you put people in place who are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell people all the time, we had to hire some folks who are smarter than, smarter than I am, right? Because again, we knew how to make money. We didn't know how to, to, to run a multi-million dollar company, you know, honestly. Right. You know, yeah. we, we, at this point, we probably can. Back then, no, right? Mm -hmm. But we were smart mm -hmm. enough to know what we didn't know. And we're smart yeah. enough to hire some folks who could, who taught us how to put these systems in place, right? Mm -hmm. Our accountant that we had, we had a really good accountant uh, in, in Baltimore when we moved down there. And 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 they took the time to teach us, hey, listen, you, you got to put this in place and you got to put that in place. And this is how this works. You know, again, we had guidance and mentorship and people people telling us, you know, this is what you need to do. Uh, and yeah. we listened uh, and, and we put those systems in place because, again, you know, the difference between a business and a company is is a company you can walk away from and it runs by itself. Right. A lot of people have businesses that they are the business. How do you sell that? Right. Can't. You can't sell that. Right. Without those systems and processes in place, you, you can't you can't sell it. Right. So you had we learned uh, again the hard way. We learned that we had to put those things in place so yeah. that uh, we weren't the ones doing everything. You know, when right. we first moved down to, to Baltimore, found this building, which, by the way, was directly across the street from M&T Bank Stadium, football stadium, mm. directly a stone's throw away. Uh, this building was it's old. It was an old brewery um, uh, actually made the sun pop. Uh, soda, soda, uh, some, some soda pop or something like that. It was old building, so we did everything when we first got down. We painted the building. We, you know, we we built all the the, the makeshift rooms that we had. The first machine that we had, um, we we built it ourselves. You know, we bought the conveyor systems and we put we we put the whole thing together. Uh, eventually, we got some professional help to get a it's a real machinery in there. Uh, we it's funny because we uh, we started with uh, our base was a uh, resin sand base and uh, and we bought two uh, Burger King flame broiling ovens, right? And that's how we were making our, our first uh, uh, base for the for the tile mm. from these two 
refurbished uh, Burger King flame bro ovens. You know, it was, it, it was funny, but we were doing everything right. Come in early, wow. turn the ovens on, and and uh, and we were we were we were just doing everything. You know, uh, hmm. but we were shipping. You know, I'd have to come out of the office and go and go to the to the back. Uh, door to do to load the pallets and and load the trucks right we we come out and now we're shipping right and then we come back in the office and now we're you know now we're boss and we're office manager and, and then we got to take out the trash and clean the bathrooms you know <laughs> uh, maintenance on the ovens got to figure out how to fix the ovens and and, and again you know uh, the internet wasn't what it is today we had to we had to get books and go to the library and call people Left and right, Jeez. you have to figure all this stuff out. But as we progress and the business got bigger and bigger, you know, there we knew everything. We knew every facet of that business. You couldn't come to us from shipping and say, "Oh, I can't do this," because mm. we've done it before. What do you right. mean you can't do it? You know, we know how to wow. do this. Wow! Right? Those guys making the grout, they can't. Oh, we can't. We can't do this, or we can't do that. Mm. What do you mean you can't do it? You know, we, mm. we know how this works. We created it, right? So yeah. we know how this works. So we know every facet of the business. If the salesman were to come in and say, hey, I couldn't, couldn't meet my quota this month because of this, that, or whatever, we, we, you know, we have an understanding of what it takes to sell this product. So you can't come back to us with some nonsense uh, because we know exactly what it takes to sell this product, right? So yes. we knew everything about the business because we had done it all absolutely so i'm intrigued by this what in the development phase right because there's there's a part of development that has to happen as a leader as a person you you and your business partner had to develop as people as leaders as business minds as all of these things so what took the the business being ran by two entrepreneurial business minds to a company infrastructure now it's run by systems and processes and procedures what kind of development did you did you go through as far as learning and pouring into yourselves to take yourselves to that kind of pla to, to that kind of level so it was, it was a couple of things uh, first thing were mistakes right orders don't go out on time orders go out that that aren't complete and and people either not paying us or threatening threatening not to pay us right that that'll make you learn real fast <laughs> when somebody's holding that check up um, right so so uh you know we made again made a lot of mistakes when we figured out that hey listen we need a process in place for this we need some tracking you know uh, now this wasn't our first our first rodeo uh we had yeah. um uh, one of the stories I didn't tell you about is one of the businesses that that me and my same partner, the same partner Chris had uh, up in Philadelphia, was a doll company, right? Believe it or not, two young black male engineers had a baby doll company hmm. called Looks Like Me Dolls in in the Philadelphia hmm. area back in the eighties, and um, you know that was pretty popular. Uh, we we wow. had a warehouse down on Third uh, and Gerard, and um, yeah, we were all on the news and everything because the story was unique. These two black guys with a with a doll baby company, right? Uh, yeah, I had a couple daughters, and my and my and my partner had a daughter, and uh, we wanted dolls that looked like our our daughters, mm. right? So we created a, a doll company where you provide us with a picture, 
and we made custom dolls that look like your child. We dressed them like your child. The face was drawn by artists. It looked just like your your child. The hairstyle was styled like your child. Everything. So wow. that that was that was another one of those interim businesses that uh, you see. A lot of our ideas were phased out because of technology. You know, back then mm. uh, this was this is revolutionary, right? But then eventually they came out with a way to to like make a you know, some kind of photocopy that that you could put on the face of the doll or something. Somebody, you know, we had all kinds of people copying us. And, uh, mm. and eventually, you know, technology caught up caught up to us. Um, but, wow. um, yeah, and then another business was uh, we, we had a business called Videogram, right? So hmm. we, we, you know, uh, my kids said that we were the first Instagram. Uh, it wasn't very yeah. instant back then, but we would... <laughs> You know, we we do these twenty minute videos and send it wherever you want. Do you remember the big cameras with the VHS tapes, right? So, uh, what we would do is say, "Come to your home, shoot a twenty minute video for you. You can do whatever you want: sing, dance, uh, uh, read a poem, write a you know, read a letter or whatever." And then we'd send it to whoever you wanted to send it to. If your family's mm-hmm. across the country or you know, out of state or something like that, uh, and it was called Video Grant. Uh, we hmm. even had a booth down at the naval station. So when the midshipmen came in, you know, they do their videos and send it to wherever home was. Right. They could be stationed in Texas or or anywhere. And, uh, you know, but they're they're in they're in Philly right now. So they shoot it. Shoot it. We had all kinds of backdrops and props. And, you know, we had we had one that looked like they were in the brig. Right. And then I'm sorry, I can't come home because I'm in the brig and I need you to send me some money and stuff like that. So. We would shoot those videos, send them to wherever they wanted to send them. So we we had all kinds of businesses. So uh, through those other businesses, we learned what, how important quality control was. Uh, hmm. We learned again working at the company we worked at together. Uh, we had both in, in our in our um, you know work history had gone through quality control. We understood what quality control was, what statistical process control was. So so we hmm. measured everything. We, we understood early that those things that get measured get changed and, and that's right so we were always tracking uh and 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 having a quality mind so uh you know that along with making a few serious mistakes you know it taught us to get get our processes in order quickly mm, respect so when when you think about this because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are potentially be listening to this what would you tell maybe the top three things or mistakes to avoid or principles to adhere to for most business owners, whatever size, um, what would you say those would be, you know, dealing with all the kinds of businesses you've dealt with personally and, hmm. and the people that you've coached. So the top three things that they should do. Yeah. Um, or avoid. Yeah. I'm- or avoid. Yeah. Okay. Um, number one is, is is create that business plan, right? Create a good, comprehensive business plan. Uh, even if you don't have a need for it. See, most people wait until they have a need for it. I, I, you know, I need a loan and the bank says, hey, we want to see a business plan, right? Or maybe if they're another lender, some other kind of lender, or if they're getting assistance from the SBA, 
or, or some score or somebody, they're going to tell them you need a business plan. Nothing happens without a business plan. Right. right. But before it even comes to that, before you need something, create that business plan. Find somebody to help you if you can't do it yourself. Build that business plan because you'd be surprised at what you learn while you're doing that. Right. It, it's like um, and I have to use a, a, a you know, an example that the younger people can relate to. Uh, because people my age, we, we, you know, we figured it out, like I said, uh, the hard way. But um, when you when you Google something, how often do you learn something new that you didn't that you're not even looking for? Right. You're looking you're looking for the, the, the 2024 Cadillac and, and you see some other stuff about, you know, some other stuff that Cadillac is doing. Oh, Cadillac got electric now. And Cadillac got this and Cadillac got that. You know, you learn so much information while you're looking for what you're looking for, mm. right? And the business plan is the same way. While you're taking that journey, building the pieces of the business plan, number one, you're going to meet some new people because yeah. you're going to get that template and you're going to say, man, I don't know what, what an executive summary is. Let me mm. reach out to somebody at school. Right. right. So you're going to meet somebody with some some amazing experience. That's going to help you figure out how to do your business plan. But now you got a you got a whole new relationship of somebody with a ton of experience. Right. And then you right. get to different sections. Now I got to do my financials. You know what? My accountant can't help me with this. I might need mm. another. I need I might need to find a CPA. I might need to find another yeah. accountant. So now you, you meet somebody else. Mm. With some knowledge that can that can pour into you that you can that you can learn from that's now going to help you grow your business right now you know yeah. two people are now you know just in this process you know two new people that can assist you with this you get to the point where uh you decide what it is that you want to do and you might need an attorney oh now i gotta find an attorney right you yeah. need another person uh you get to the point where um you know you decide you you want to you want to actually get a contract uh, you need to turn and look over it, but in, in most instances, you might need an insurance, right? Now you got to talk to somebody about insurance, you know. So, you know, along the way, you're gonna you're gonna meet more people, and you're gonna learn so much in just building that business plan. And then once you have the plan, that's your roadmap, right? Anytime you're unsure yeah. of what you should be doing, you just go back to that roadmap. Right. So business plans mm. are critical. And I know a lot of people, again, I was the hard headed one. I, I didn't, I didn't want to have to take the time to sit down and write a business plan. I got money to make, right? <laughs> but right, it, right. It, it's the best thing you can do. It's the best thing you can mm. do. And as you, and as you move on with, with your business and your life, you know, you just come back to it every now and then and, and make sure that you're staying on track and that things are updated and you incorporate new technology and, and new processes and things like that. Uh, so I would say, sure. I, I would say business plan number one, uh, making key relationships is number two. Again, mm -hmm. those those gentlemen, those those people that I that I mentioned that you meet while building your business plan, uh, I call them your bail team, right? The people you call mm -hmm. when you get in trouble. That's bail, B A I L. Mm -hmm. Right? You're going to have your banker, mm -hmm. you're going to have your accountant, you have your insurance agent, you mm -hmm. have your lawyer. Right. Those are people you fall back mm. on when you when you get in trouble. So that's your bail team. Right. You want to have that team and you want these folks that that are around for you to, to call on and, and lean on your advisory group. You need that. Everybody needs that. 
Yeah, I don't care how smart right. you are. You, you're not going to have all the answers. You're going to run into something uh, that you're going to need True. help with, and you need those bail individuals, right? You don't you don't need an attorney on retainer, but you need somebody you can call every now and then and say, "Hey, let me let me run this by you." Right? You, you got to build right. those those relationships. So uh, that's For two, sure. and I'm trying to think of, of number three. Um, Ah, you, you got me. You want that advisory team. <laughs> you definitely want a business plan. Um, ah, I might have to come back to three. What about what, what about this third one? Could be something that you need to avoid, like that most businesses make a mistake on. Anything, anything mistake wise that yeah, entrepreneurs so, so do I'm wrong. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to talk to those who are looking to start a business right now. Here's the here's the most critical thing that I see. And I work with a lot of people who come to me and say, hey, Jim, I'm trying to start this business. Right. It's not about what you want. Right. It's about solving a problem or filling a void. Okay. Right. You might love, I'll use Cadillac as an example, right? You, know, you, you might, you know, now that's not a good example. You, you might love, you know, uh, you might love lemon pound cakes. I love lemon pound cakes, so I'm going to go into business making lemon pound cakes. It's not about what you like, right? That's right. It's about who, who, who else wants lemon pound? Is there anybody else who wants lemon pound cake besides you? All right. So I, I need right. folks to do that do that research to make sure that you're solving a problem there you know is is there a shortage of lemon pound cakes right um you ought yeah. to be solving a problem the bigger the That's problem right. the better the business right so there's right. so many people out here who are just doing things just 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 to be doing things you know just just right. because you like it uh, just because you like it doesn't mean that there's going to be enough people that also like it to allow you to have a sustainable business. So do your That's research, true. do the market research, right? Identify your target audience and make sure that that target audience is large enough for you to have a sustainable business. Uh, so I, I, mm. I would say uh, avoid that, you know, avoid that obstacle of, uh, of not doing your research. If you're starting a business right well, that's good that's good i appreciate you sharing that um just a few final questions for you um so when it comes to like distribution right getting building something that like, to your point about you know solving a problem um a lot of people struggle with i'm sure you've seen this too in marketing their business so like what do you, and their gifts or their talents or their their strengths as an organization? What advice would you give to people that are looking to distribute their gifts, their talent, their business uh, to the marketplace? What is what is your best advice on that? Yeah, so it's research. It's research again. You got to find your target audience, find out where they are and how to reach them. They're out there, and, and it's easier than than ever. Um, you know, when we started, there there was no internet. You can't you can't just wow. Google people and, and, and then have all these online uh, platform uh, tools that you can identify folks. Uh, in fact, you, you can just go to 
go to Facebook or, or Instagram and they'll identify these folks for you and, and, and they'll right. give you the cost of reaching these folks. Right. Right on right. their timelines, uh, in their DMs, in their in their emails. You can target who these folks are. Even, nowadays, even the post office can do that for you. Right? right. You can say if you identify who your target audience is, how old they are, how much income they have, how many kids they have, neighborhood they live in, schools they went to. You know, there's a lot of places where you can go who can target those individuals and they can put something in their mailbox, they can put something in their email or they can put something on their timeline. Right. Right. So you identify those people and it doesn't, and, you know, depending on what your product or service is, it doesn't yeah. matter where they are. Right. Now, you know, you don't have to worry about foot traffic. You don't have to worry about being close enough to somebody that they can walk into your store. Now you can provide whatever it is that you have, either online or, or, or through an online service where, where somebody can order and, and have something shipped to them. Uh, so you can target these individuals and then it's all about crafting your message, right? Mm. Finding them and crafting the right message, whether that's a, an ask or, or the right information to provide to them uh, or, or again, understanding who they are enough to help them solve their problems right you can do that you can you can build a successful business love it love it um so the final question we ask and then and then i'd also love for you after that to share information for people that want to plug in with you you weren't prepped on this question um the the question that we ask every guest that comes on the show is what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose, one's gift and one's purpose. Well, uh, for, for me, um, you know, I, I, again, um, some people are born, born with gifts, right? Whether, whether you're athletic, you have some ath- athletic gifts, uh, some talents, uh, things like that. Uh, these are gifts that, that, that are given to you um, uh, through, through birth. Right. Uh, or or if you're if you're born into a certain situation or in a certain area, you know, th- these are these are these are um, these are gifts. Right. And we have to be thankful for, for our gifts and utilize them wisely. But but your purpose is something that, that you just got to do no matter what. Mm. Right. Your your purpose digs at you if you're not if you're not following it. Right. Mm. If you're if you're truly in touch with yourself. Um, you, you, you just, there's just certain things you gotta do. If I'm not helping somebody, you know, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. Right. Uh, a long time ago, I could have just, you know, bought a boat and, and fished every day. Right. Um, I, I, I could, you know, I could just concentrate on taking care of me. Right. Uh, me and my fa- my wife at this point, my kids are grown, but, uh, mm. you know, we could go take vacations and, and, and just, you know, our, our lives could be much simpler, but, um, but, but we have purpose. My wife is a nurse, her purpose. And, and she, you know, she'll, you know, through our, through our 35 years of marriage, she, she's worked and not worked and worked and not worked, you know, but, mm-hmm. but, but she has a purpose. Our purpose mm-hmm. is taking care of, of primarily seniors. She really takes mm-hmm. care of everybody, but her purpose mm-hmm. is to take care of seniors. My purpose is, is to pour in the young, young folks. <laughs> Wow. You know, whether that's in, you know, I was, I was a basketball coach and, and, um, and at one point soccer coach, I don't, I don't know how I got into that. I don't know anything about soccer, but <laughs> my kids were playing. So I coached, but 
but it's all about pouring in the young people, right? Try, yeah. Trying to help young people be the best that they can be. Um, so, it. so uh, I, I think, I, I think, um, you know, I, I hope I answered that well. Oh, yeah. Just something that you you just have to do. Mm. You just have to do. And again, I, I was doing it um, sometimes for no for no monetary gain, right? Uh, yeah. I still do. You know, I work all day for MT Bank. But at mm-hmm. night, what you'll find me doing is, you know, I'm Year Up Mentor. There's an organization called Year Up. I'm Big Brother, Big Sister Mentor. I, I got a bunch of mentors that, that aren't associated with any kind of program. But, wow. but just people need something. They need somebody to talk to. They, yeah. need, they need some assistance, you know. Um, and, and those things that you do without anybody knowing about it, without anybody paying you, just, mm-hmm. just the things that that you just in your spirit just have to do. That that's your purpose. That's beautiful. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a gift. Uh, like I said, I was, I was teaching uh, soccer to, to young kids, and then right. I can't play soccer. Don't know anything about soccer, but but I'm following my purpose. Right? There you go. It's not a gift. It's certainly not a gift. Wow. But 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 they needed a coach, and and I decided to, to step in and fill that fill that void. Much respect. Beautiful. Love that answer. That's that's really profound. Could you share it with people how they can connect with you if they want to learn more or work with you and MNT Bank? And uh, what, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn, James W. Peterson Jr. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram at Jim P. M. N. T. M. A. N. D. T. I'm on Facebook at Jim Peterson. And uh, yeah, you can you can reach me there. My my email address is uh, jpeterson3 at mtb.com. If you have some needs uh, around uh, banking, funding, entrepreneurship, uh, I hope to bring my uh, accelerator to Philadelphia very soon. I'm looking to connect with some folks in the Philadelphia area. Again, accelerator is a 10 week accelerator. Uh, it's an on-ramp to the Goldman Sachs program. Uh, when Goldman Sachs came to Baltimore back in 2016, I believe it was, you had to be making $100,000. Uh, and a lot of folks that I was working with were not yet making $100,000. So I designed this program and I called it zero to 100 for those folks who aren't yet making $100,000. Uh, so it's a great program. It gets gives you all the tools and foundation that you need. Uh, to get you over that $100,000 mark. And if you're already at the $100,000 mark, is to help you get to the next level. Meet those people that you need to know and have those tools that you need to have to get to the next level, whatever that is. Love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jim, for your time. This is a blessing to me. I know it will be a blessing to the listeners that catch the show. Fantastic. Very happy to be here. Thank Gotta you, come sir. up and see you soon. Yes, sir. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. I, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift 
as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.